TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Zone.com, two guys at a mic show. Thanks for joining us. Our final show of the 2010 year. We will be off tomorrow. Many of our listeners, and in fact, our boss here, Chris Whitting, seems to think we're off many days during the year 2010, but uh, definitely tomorrow will be a vacation day off. Final day of 2010. We'll welcome in a new year on Monday, and it's great to be back. I've been off for a couple of weeks. The vacation slash suspension is over. Glad to be back talking some sports here on the TalkZone.com. And the two guys at a mic show, it makes me that much more pleasured, if I could use that word to do this show, with my good friend, my partner in crime, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Joel, how are you? Uh, doing very well, Coach. It's good to have you back. I, I missed you, I have to admit. It is good to be back, and I missed you too, my friend. It's always nice to uh, get away and get on vacation, but when you do a job uh, like this that you love doing, talking sports, talking to our great listeners on Two Guys and a Mic, it's, uh, you miss it. So it's good to be back, and I'm glad you helped uh, hold down the fort while I was gone. Well, I, I don't know exactly what I held down, but you know, after <laughs> dealing with all those guys for that much, I wanted to hold a couple of them down. <laughs> Were you, you know, in the Big Brother Mount, if you know what I'm talking about, though? <laughs> Sadly, I do. Were you using your uh, Palm Pilot or your handheld more while I was gone? Uh, I got to be quite honest with you, Coach. I put the Palm Pilot down. It's just not as really? exact, it's, it's not as much fun when when you're not around, Coach. So with with our co-host, you went handheld, huh? Oh, definitely. I'm not sure uh, Brady Stiff and Neil and. Uh, uh, no Stones Malone, Mike Moreau, I don't want to forget any of the guys, Seth Gruen, all of our fine co-hosts who filled in. I appreciate that. I don't know if they appreciate the fact you were using your handheld, though. Uh, I don't think they even knew, to be quite honest. Really? With you. I-, I was afraid to let them know. Wow. It's a live webcast here. Thank goodness we don't have a live webcast at our remote, wherever you might be calling from. But uh, how were the shows? I'm assuming the uh, co-host did a fine job of filling in, and you had a, a good time frolicking through the sports world with a Seth and a Brady and uh, the rest of the crew? Uh, most of it was pretty fun, Coach. <laughs> Some of it, I, I have to admit, I, I was getting a little perturbed. <laughs> what? Specifically, because I'll be talking to these young men and giving them a report card specifically. What can we tell them to do better? Any any complaints that can relate to them? Well, I, I would have to say is, like, if I give an opinion on something, yes. don't disagree with it, and then immediately say exactly the same thing I just said. So if you're going to disagree with me, at least listen to what I said, Coach. Interesting. I thought you always complained that that's what I do. Yeah, I, I guess maybe it's me. <laughs> you always say I don't listen to you. You know, that's, you know, that's all right. Yeah. It's okay when you don't do it. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Big dog, great to have you back. Lots that we've missed and uh, certainly a lot to look forward to this uh, weekend. we got to talk about Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, some big bowl games, college basketball heating up. We had a uh, uh, coach yesterday become the number two winningest coach, college basketball history. We'll talk about that. we got NFL football coming up Sunday, and it is the final show of the year, dog. I'm going to ask you because you are our philosophical, uh, introspectural host here on the show for your uh, thoughts, your feelings, your philosophies as another year 
comes to a close. I don't know if you can put it in words, but uh, certainly a dramatic moment here on the show. Oh, it's definitely dramatic. Yeah, what a crap year it was for me. But it's all, it's all over. <laughs> Supposedly the next year everything is good for me. So it's about time, Coach. Yeah. And according, but, but, and by the way, I went up close and personal with the Mayans, by, by the way. I'll tell you about that on my vacation. But uh, according to you and according to the Mayan calendar, next year better be a good year because it might be your last year. Everybody's now, last year. I, I, I wouldn't want to talk to people about that, Coach. The Mayans don't say that the world is ending. They just said that that cycle is over. Remember that. Oh. That could be the whole beginning and all that. That's why, I, that's why I'm trying to explain to people. Uh-huh. The thing that worries me most about December 21st, 2012, is that like, if there's like an earthquake or something, that day, people are going to freak out and, and they're going to be the cause of like riots and stuff. There's no proof that that's the end of the world. People know there's uh, the Chinese, the Germans, uh, the Egyptians and uh, the Mayans all have prophecies that say, you know, the end of the world is 2012. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's like a new beginning, though. It's hard for me to explain exactly what I'm saying, but the Earth does reverse its polarity on it. So what, what's going to end up happening is I think everybody's cell phone is going to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grid across America is going to go out. So uh, I, I think it's going to be basically the end of the analog age and the beginning of the digital age. Interesting. Interesting. You know, and could there be, without getting too epithelial here, could there possibly be the end of Earth as we know it, but not the end of the world, if you sort of know where I'm heading? I right? would I would think more of the chance that there's the end of the world, but not the end of Earth. Really? Cause the, well, the because the world could be, you know, existence. The planet Earth is a more finite thing, so I could see possibly a happy thoughts here in a sports talk Thursday the end of the planet Earth as we speak some natural disaster at some point most likely gonna blow up or something's gonna happen but but the world is much more expansive I could see something else taking its place I, I don't I don't understand where you're where you're coming from. I don't but. either so I'm glad you know the, the yeah. two of us are working well together I'm not sure where I'm coming from but because I see the world as like our, our society, our, our civilization. Okay. And I see Earth as the actual uh, piece of rock and water that okay. we're sitting on that's, right now. That's where our separation of uh, thought processes has begun. I'm thinking of the world as uh, maybe existence, far beyond yeah. just the planet Earth. Well, no, this is true, because who knows? Because <laughs> supposedly there's, there's uh, the, like, government conspiracies that they have uh, rocket ships, and, and all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, when the Earth does, because what will happen is yeah. in, on yeah. uh, December 21st, 2012, the mm-hmm. Earth uh, becomes in galactic alignment with the center of our galaxy. Yep. And, and this is true. I mean, it actually, isn't it just amazing that these, these people that supposedly, you know, you think about it, they, they don't seem civilized or have technology as opposed to what we have now. But yet they knew that on that day that the uh, Earth was going to reach galactic alignment. Which I mean, how do these people know this 3,500 years ago, Coach? I'm, they, I'm long-time skeptic of the GAA, Big Doug. The galactic alignment analysis. I, I, I question the uh, the authority of the Mayans and thereof. Well, believe it or not, it's actually true, Coach. It actually reaches perfect galactic alignment on that day, yeah. and supposedly when that happens, like the Earth, uh, the polarity of the Earth actually switch so when that happens we don't know exactly how it's going to affect everybody so just in case supposedly the government has like rocket ships and stuff to get us out of here not all of us mm-hmm. just uh you know like the yeah. people like the bcs the people who control that 
<laughs> okay. Uh, basically, everybody that chaps your ass totally, they're the ones leaving. So they're going to start the next yeah. civilization. Yeah, I think that's very good. The, the Bilderberg group, they're gone. Uh-huh. You know, like, so Mark Zuckerberg, the guy that created uh, Facebook, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, he gets to go. Okay. Well, it, if, it, if, if, the, uh, if the earth as we know it ends, will Facebook at least live on? Oh, we will, believe it or not. <laughs> You'll still be getting updates. Yeah. You know, like, you know, oh, like end of the world, you know, like brown face, you know, yeah. just all that kind of stuff. We get updates like that. Yeah. Sad but true. Yeah, I, you know, it's such a weird thing to think about, but uh, I don't know. And I did come up close and personal with the Mayans, by the way. We visited on my vacation in uh, Costa Maya. One of the many stops, we were on a, a boat cruise, but we did stop, and one of the little cheesy tours we took was a visit to the Mayan ruins, Big Dog, and as they were talking about the 2012 calendar, you, even with all the beautiful women around, you were first and foremost in my thoughts. Now, where exactly did you go? Were you like in Machu Picchu? Where were you? Master who? Machu Picchu? Where were you at, Coach? I think I ate Master Chichu. I don't know. I was in Costa Maya. I'm not sure what lovely suburb of Costa Maya it was, but... We went to visit, you know how they have, you know, on the, these touristy little tours they take you on and they charge you a whole bunch of money and then ask for tips, et cetera. But we went to visit the uh, Mayan ruins, wherever, they probably, for all we know, is they put up some fake structures and they get all these United States tourists and tell us that we're looking at Mayan ruins. But that's at least theoretically what well, we were being educated you, on. You should have been like uh, in southern Mexico, Yucatan Peninsula, right? Yeah, well, uh, where are you asking where's Costa Maya? Yeah, southern Mexico, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah. so that's exactly where you're at. That's, yes. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Very poor, very, uh, uh, you know, almost depressing island driving around Costa Maya, but like the first place we saw heading out of where our, where, where we docked was Hard Rock Cafe of Costa Maya. I thought that was beautiful. Oh, was uh, Richie Valens ghost thing in there? <laughs> no, but there was just something like it. Here's this downtrodden country with hardly anything going on, and the first structure we come at is the Hard Rock Cafe of Costa Maya. Yeah, it, uh, it, I'm surprised it, we it, didn't it, see a Walgreens. Legitimately, there's parents there, like like uh, like it's totally different. Like you were a disappointment because you got into radio and you didn't become a doctor in your family. Yes. Okay. Like over there. It's like the best job you can possibly get is actually be a bus boy at the mm-hmm. at the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm-hmm. You know, Felipe did well. He you know he gets yep. to split tips with uh, the like the American girls that come down there and become waitresses at the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm-hmm. Sad but true. Sad but very very true. We got to get you out there. I think you and the Mayan ruins would be a you would maybe you could be a tour director. I think I would do a phenomenal job uh-huh. as a, that tour director, believe it or not. I, I think that's what I need to do is become a tour director coach. I think you'd be not. good at it. I think you have your ability to uh, to massage the public, if you will, and, and, and BS your way through and throw in a little education along with it. And I don't think you'd be afraid to ask for tips either, which obviously is a big part of that job. Oh, really? That's part of it? Oh, yeah. Oh, heck yeah. That's phenomenal. And plus, legitimately... Uh, it seems like I, I do well with people when it's like a, a one-serving friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, I usually do very well with those. Yeah, yeah. But getting back to our philosophical epithelial discussion, I, you're talking about you know the building the you know the rocket ships and all this other stuff. To me, if it all ends, and, and what's beyond this planet Earth, and we're really getting way out there right now, but why not get a little philosophical, think a little bit. Uh, you know, to me, all of our explanations, logical explanations of what might be beyond, I think is just, uh, 
are trying to justify and put a finiteness to something we don't know. I think whatever is out there, Big Dog, beyond the planet Earth, there's got to be something out there. How, how, you know, did we all get created? Again, we're getting way out there. But I think whatever it is, is not logical. It's not something in our normal thought process. It's something so far beyond our comprehension that we don't even have words to say it because I don't even think we can think it in our mind, if that makes any sense. Well, uh, believe it or not, Coach, I, I, I don't know if I can explain it well, but I, there's so many different ideas that I have about w- what's going on that I, I totally understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind, now that you've seen this, do you mind if I start bringing guests on that will talk about this? Because there's this one guy, Giorgio Sukalau, uh, Yep. who's a professor. I've been wanting to contact him and actually get him on the show. Mm-hmm. This guy, I mean, I, I, he, he can explain all this stuff to you, Coach. It, it, he's absolutely phenomenal, so i got to get this guy on the show. Not, not only would I not mind, I would encourage you. I'd be enthused to do that. We are sports talk and more. I enjoy the and more part of it. So we can actually begin a countdown to the end of the world, and we can actually have either people either come in and soothe us or get us all frantic, either or, because mm-hmm. they'll do both. Believe it or not, they'll do mm-hmm. both. These people, they, yeah. they, in order to cover all bases, they talk in circles, but it's a beautiful circle, Coach. Mm-hmm. Emailer Bobby from Bolingbroke wants to know if Cubs second baseman Jeff Baker will be traded before December 21st, 2012. No, no, Apparently a dedicated that. Cub fan here. The part of the end of the world, part of the cycle is the <laughs> yes. Cubs winning the World Series. Really? Yeah. So before? Yeah, so uh, around around like October 29th nice. uh, of 2012 when they win it, just uh-huh. just goodbye. Yeah, they got about six weeks left at that point. So <laughs> that's outstanding. My last vision is we're getting blown up. Will be the Mike Quade being carried off the field. After <laughs> <laughs> the world, Carlos Zambrano uh, doesn't have a blow up all season. I mean, legitimately, yeah. when he's nice and calm after a Cub error, uh-huh. you know, in, in like August of 2012, that's mm-hmm. another sign. Yeah. Carlos Zambrano doesn't freak out over a mistake by one of his teammates. Well, I think Big Z, a philosophical guy of his own right, I think he will realize that uh, with the coming of the end of the world, he'll he'll get much more philosophical too. And like you said, there's there's some fear in it, but there's also um, I don't know why I say a sense of joy, but a sense of comfort in what might be beyond us, Big Dog. Uh, another sign that the end of the world is coming is like in like in, uh, like in June of 2012, they put a <laughs> microphone in, in front of Isaac Guillen's face, and he's like, Ugh. "I don't have any time right now. I got to go." Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you're like, well, that, that that's a sign. Oh, okay, uh, Lovey Smith actually uh, has a sense of humor in the press conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when that happens, like around December 18th, when oh. the, when the, uh, that that who look out. I mean, look out, coach. Those are signs. Those are yeah. signs. David Olson, make a note for our uh, November first show, 2012. Let's do uh, top ten signs that uh, we know the world is ending. Make a note of that. David's got our whole program scheduled, figured out for the next year and a half. Don't kid yourself. So, hey, Coach, yes. coach I hate to tell you, but uh, David has a, and if he's doing this show on January 1st of 2012, yep. he already has it written down, take cyanide. <laughs> I wish I wouldn't blame him. He, he wants out. I, I mean, I don't blame him. No, whatever no, no, no. Yeah, you got that right. Stop it, stop it, stop it. He's a, he's a... Veritable part of our show, arguably, arguably for David Olson, this might be most one of the more enjoyable hours of his working day. I've heard some of the oh, other shows. Seriously? Huh? Are you serious? Absolutely. Oh, the poor guy. <laughs> our phone number here, Big Dog and the Coach, reunited again. And, oh, it feels so good. You want to talk sports or what might happen with the end of the world? You want to get uh, philosophical with us? We can do that too. Big dog, I'm watching the picture of Mike 
Krzyzewski, also known as Coach K, getting hugs from his teammates and players as he became the second winningest coach in college basketball history. Not bad as they knock off UNC Greensboro. 102 to 62. Coach K, does he have a chance of uh, knocking off Bobby Knight as the all-timer? Uh, by, for this season, heck yeah, he does have a chance. He's only 22 behind Bobby Knight, and uh, the, the Duke Blue Devils have 19 scheduled games left. Then they have the ACC tournament, mm-hmm. which most likely for them will, could be three games. It won't be four, because I'm assuming they'll get the bye in the ACC tournament, but that's three or four. And then they have a possibility of six games in the NCAA tournament. So there's a possibility of at least 28 games left. But, you know, that, you figure Duke over the last 19 of the season will go win 15 of them. Wouldn't you agree? Like 15 and four is yep. a legitimate. They'll be seven away. They'll win two in the, at least two in the ACC tournament. That's 17 wins. Mm-hmm. And then I guess that means they would have to get to at least the national championship game. So basically, if they get to the national championship game this year, he'll beat wow. uh, Bobby Knight. How cool would that be? You win the national championship and you become the winningest coach all time. If that happened, that would be uh, quite an event indeed. They got a long way oh, to go. Yeah, of that is a, okay, so in order for that to happen, yeah, though so that's six wins in the national title game. So that means so the twenty three would beat him. So seventeen other wins. That would be right. That was a, that would be really cool. Fifteen and four, yep. losing the ACC championship game, uh-huh. but win the national championship game, and you're the all-time winning coach. You know, it would be part cool. It would be part a shame because uh, for the players, if Duke got to that 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 range, you know, you want the Duke players. A lot of them would be new from last year's national championship team to concentrate on the great run and winning a championship. But a lot of the focus would be on Coach K and his record. So you almost hope. He would beat the record either next year or earlier this year. The more I think about it, let the let the national championship game stand on its own two feet. Coach, you have you you hit the nail on the head for this year. Yes, but but twenty years from now, when they talk about those games, those kids will be remembered forever. True. So in some weird in some weird way, yes, the focus will be taken off of the kids that are making the run this year, mm-hmm. but they'll be immortal forever. They'll be remembered more than they probably probably the other championships that Shostakovich won. Just for the simple fact that they uh, that that was the game that they did it. Mm-hmm. So let's not worry too much about how much attention those kids get. They'll they'll get they'll get patted. They've been patted on their back their whole life. So for for a for a week, if they don't get the attention that they deserve for winning it, they'll get more attention than they deserve over the next 20, 30 years if it actually happens. I worry by my natural nature, Big Dog, especially after working with you the past eight and a half years. Worry comes easy for me. Were you surprised, uh, as was I, when I read, uh, you know, who – I had almost forgot who's number one in all-time wins. I was thinking, is it Adolph Rupp? Is it Johnny Wooden? Is it Dean Smith? Bobby Knight was not that old of a guy when he got pushed out at Indiana. I know he had a little bit of run at Texas Tech. Were you surprised that it's Bobby Knight, the all-time leader in wins? No, not at all, because the, the Bobby Knight's whole career, that's all they talk about. When's he going to pass uh, Dean Smith? When's he going to pass Dean Smith? So, uh-huh. And, you know, I, I always it just kept my butt that, you know, that SOB was going to end up doing it. Now we get a guy who's even more disciplined to his players. He just doesn't happen to embarrass them in public, and Mike Krzyzewski is going to pass him up. And, and if of any basketball coach that I could have ever played for, Coach, it would be John Wooden. And the, and the, and the other one is Mike Krzyzewski. And it's funny because you're going to say, Oh, uh, you know, Mike Krzyzewski can become the winningest coach of all time. 
Really? I mean, what's more important, single game wins or the fact that John Wooden has 10 national titles? You know what I mean? Back then, yeah. those those teams used to play 20 regular season games. Yeah. And then they would play no tournament games, and then they would, I mean, conference tournament games, and then they would play four, and then near the end of Wooden's career, five mm-hmm. tournament games. Right, and I think those, Co- Coach Krzyzewski would be the first to back you up in your support of Johnny Wooden, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So like, when you call him the winningest, I, yes, I, 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 you can't call him the best. It's no. just the most wins. You know, it's hard to the winningest coach of all time. Yeah. And Chishevsky's handled those questions with the utmost class. So you're going to pass up Dean Smith? He's like, how am I mm-hmm. passing up Dean Smith? You know, I'm never going to take away what Dean Smith was. He's like, you know, just everything he said was so humble and correct, mm-hmm. mind you, correct. What he said it made total sense, and that's why Chishevsky is just such a class act mm-hmm. coach. I'm so I'm so proud of the fact that you know he's a he's a Chicagoan at heart and he's he's kept those Midwest you know like hardworking humble roots and, and the fact that uh, you know he's Polish too doesn't exactly hurt the fact how much I love Coach K. <laughs> Eight hundred and eighty victories for most coaches, twenty wins is a good season. No, I'm not real good at math, but how many times does twenty go into eight eighty? Well, you got to figure. Okay, if uh, he basically averages 25 wins a season because uh, okay. he though 20 goes into 880 44 times. Right. But he's been coaching for 36 years. This is his 36th season. So when this season is done, he's going to have 900 wins. Mm-hmm. Okay, coach. So, but think about uh, that: 36 year, 36 season averaging 25 wins. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and it, it's been consistent. I mean, yes, he, he had. It, 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 it truly is uh, remarkable because when he took over, you know, Duke had a really good basketball program in the 50s and 60s. Yep. It wasn't like a national power, but it was a very good program. Mm-hmm. And then during the late 60s, early 70s, they fell flat on their face. They were a bad program when he, when he took over. He took over a Duke team that had won like eight games like three years in a row. It was and, like less than ten wins for like three years in a row. And he did not turn them around right away, right? They lost exactly. the first couple of years. Exactly, Coach. So it basically, he has won plus 20 games every single year besides the year. Remember he had the back surgery and he missed yep. like half a season? Those, you know, they, they only won like 12 games that year. Did he every get... other year he's won 20 games since I've been watching basketball in 1982. Duke has been good every single season. Mm-hmm. So, well, The uh, back surgery years, Big Dog, going to get our phone number here, talk a little college basketball, the uh, – Record set, if you want to call it that, by Mike Shashevsky last night as Duke won again, 888 888-463-6748. When he had the back surgery and he was out for almost the whole year, the victories that they won still were credited to him because he was technically head coach, correct? Yeah, the, the problem is they only won like 12 games that year. Yeah. And that Not- team was loaded. So don't tell me that guy doesn't matter because the, I mean, the, he, they went from Winning 25, 30 games a year, and all of a sudden they won 12. And it was the same basic team. Oh. Unless he knew that team wasn't any good, that's... and he decided to have his back surgery that year. Well, you joke about that, but there were rumors of that, that that's why he was taking the year off, because he knew the program was a mess, this team was going to take, you know. So maybe timing is everything, but that's uh, that's way past in history. Let's give uh, Coach Craig credit where credit is due. The Duke program clearly. Clearly one of the shining examples of all good in college sports. Congratulations to them. We should also mention, Big Dog, your beloved uh, Fighting Illini, both in basketball and football victorious yesterday. They win their Big Ten opener 
and they also win their final college football game of the year. Not bad for the orange and blue yesterday. Uh, yeah, I'll start with college basketball because we were just talking about that. Coach, they, they, they were dominant on offense yesterday against Iowa. That was just a clinic. A clinic. There was one point in the game where they were 11 of 13 shooting. Not from the free throw line, coach would be good. Not from the field, which would be incredible. From the three point arc. They finished 13 of 18 from the three point arc. It was, it was ball reversal, ball reversal, dribble, kick out, wide open three, splash. I mean, that's basically what the whole, it was just, I'd never seen anything like it. They were 10 to 12 at the first half of the first half. And I, I swear to you, None of them were contested, not because Iowa wasn't trying. They couldn't. Illinois just moved the ball, moved the ball, wide open three, bang, knock it down. So uh, offensively yesterday, that was as well as I've seen Illinois play offensively since uh, the 05 Big Ten season at Michigan State where they shot like 65% from the field against Michigan State. Always good to get off to your opening win in the Big Ten. It's going to be a battle day in and day out for the next month and a half. So the Fighting Illini win game one. And Big Dog, they were coming off – Couple of rough games. Two games uh, while I was gone. Apparently, they lost to what UIC and uh, they lost Missouri. UIC and uh, the Missouri yes. game. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know they, they had dominated Missouri for so long that the two consecutive losses to Missouri that one hurt. Yep. Coach, uh, you would have loved something that I said because during uh, while you were gone, I, I thought of you because it was I forget who was doing the show that day. I do believe it was Seth Gruen, but there was a flagrant foul near the end of the game and I said in that situation you can't call that play and I immediately thought of you because you're always like oh you got to take the situation of the game and all yes. that other stuff. I, so. I read about that controversy a little bit involving the big seven footer Michael Tisdale so it was like an eight nine point game but at that point it was like a one two point it game. One, right? It was a one point game yeah. and uh, it ended up being an eight point possession yeah. for Missouri. And what was it like a minute left? Yes. Yeah bad call. I didn't even see it but I'm going to step out and say bad call. It was a bad call, Coach. It wasn't a flagrant foul. So it was a borderline foul. You can't call something borderline flagrant at that point in the game. All right, then you, I'm going to really say it goes from a bad call, in that case, to a terrible call. the hell is that yeah. referee thinking about? Horrible. Uh, I, I, I don't know. And, you, you know, I, I don't like complaining about the referees. I don't. But it was like, wow, it, they, they took Illinois had no chance to win the game after that. But first of all, I want to tell you this. Illinois needed to get back on defense. Before... Before we blame the official, if they were back on defense, that never happens. Mm-hmm. But I, I was looking at Illinois' schedule uh, in the Big Ten play. Uh, I, you know how much I love Illinois. There's a lot of Illinois fans listening to the program. Folks, if they're not in first place on February 1st, do not even consider Illinois having a chance at winning the Big Ten. In the month of February, Coach, they go to Northwestern, to Minnesota. That's, that, those are two really tough games. Then they have Purdue that, at home. That's a win. Michigan. Uh, and Michigan at home. That's a win. Very tough games. Purdue at home is going to be awful tough. Michigan home will be tough. Routine then, they go, then they go to Michigan State. That's a win. <laughs> to Ohio State. Win. Then they have um, Then they have Iowa at home. Upset loss. And then they go to Wisconsin. Piece of cake. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So, if as an Illinois fan, as much as I love this team, and I, mm-hmm. I really think they could be really good. No, excuse me, not to Wisconsin, to Purdue. It's at Purdue. Mm-hmm. So, 
that month of February, I never, ever, ever remember Illinois having a tougher schedule than they do during the month of February. So, well, really, there's, there's not that many easy games in the Big Ten uh, basketball uh, this year. You've got Iowa is down. Indiana. What, what, what are you out of your mind? There's not that many tough games in Big Ten basketball. No, no, no. I said there's not that many easy ones. Oh, my they're fault. All, my they're fault, all going to be fault. tough games. My fault. My the only, you know, you're talking about oh, a hard schedule. Well, I would, I would argue everything's a hard schedule. The only ones that are semi-easy, maybe Iowa a little bit, and uh, maybe Indiana. We got to see which way they fall. Penn State's going to be decent. Northwestern yeah. decent. So there, there's not that many easy games. No, no, I, I totally agree. It's just that, like, when I looked at their schedule, because you know I'm doing it by phone, so it goes by month. You know, so I went to the January schedule, and I'm like, wow, it's it's not as bad. As I would suspect it to be, you know, it just it didn't seem like you know. I mean, it seemed tough. Give me, don't get me wrong. And then all of a sudden, I switched to February, and, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I, like Chopin's Death March started playing, and <laughs> you know, this is not good. Not good. So I started looking at all the teams, and you're right, but uh, yeah, that so just as an Illinois fan, I'm not trying to look ahead, and enjoy every game, but yeah, this is when you go to Iowa on the road, and I'm glad they got Iowa early on the road because Iowa is a really young team coach, and, and some's telling me, you know, by the time uh, March 1st rolls around, they're going to be a lot better than they are right now. So. Brand new coach, Fran McCaffrey, real quick. Big Dog, going to get our phone number here. You want to check in, talk some sports with the Big Dog and the coach. It's 888-463-6748. You are more than welcome and invited to call in, join the processes. Before we hit the quick break, Big Dog, your Fighting Illini college football team ends their 2010 season. Although Ron Zook, by the way, he called it the first game of 2011, but they beat Baylor last night. Real quick, your thought. Uh, yeah, hopefully this is the first game of 2011 because that means Corey Legit, Martez Wilson, and, and, and Mikel LaShore will be back for next year. But what a way to end the season. They had, they had a disappointing loss again at Fresno State. Uh, they did not play well in that game at all, Coach. So, uh, you get, you know, they get 15 more practices. They they get to work as a team more. So hopefully this is uh, uh, where 2011 is going. They thoroughly out hit uh, Baylor. It was an extremely physical game. It looked really good. Uh, our guy Nathan Shieldhouse showed even more improvement. Uh, he completed 13 out of his first 13 passes. That's a good way to start the game. And uh, they're throwing the ball deep. A lot of young guys showing up really good. Their offensive line dominated. But uh, I, I hate to say it, but then again, I'm also happy to say it. Uh, Corey Legit, Marquez Wilson, Mikel LaShore, they're probably all going pro. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that will uh, be a sign to players in the state of Illinois. If you want to make it to the NFL, go to our home state. Go to your home state. Don't sit on the bench at Ohio State for four years and mm-hmm. start as a redshirt uh, senior. Mikel, uh, Illinois as a sophomore. That's a great point. LaShore, the uh, second-team All-American from Illinois, uh, he'll probably go to the NFL, probably be a top two, maybe top three NFL pick. He'll be the third Illinois running back in the NFL. You got New Orleans Pierre Thomas. You got Rashard Mendenhall from uh, Pittsburgh. So we could have three Illinois running backs in the NFL, big dog. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of good Illinois running backs in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. Howard Griffith, uh, you know, uh, Robert Holcomb. A lot of them have been really good quality NFL backs. So most of them uh, do better in the NFL than they do with our college team. Yeah, it's, 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 you're exactly it's right. You're not, exactly right. Pierre Thomas was sitting behind E.B. Halsey his whole yeah. career. <laughs> Do we have a report on uh, what E.B. Halsey is doing right now? All I know is this is, I, I'm pretty sure his ankle bracelet is still on, Coach. Take it easy. 
Take it easy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little Bears, Packers, and one of the silliest discussions that's been taking up airwaves time. We'll spend maybe a minute on it and not much more. we got college football bowl games coming up. And where did the big dog sleep last night? All that and more. Big dog and the coach at your service. Quick break. Back in a minute. TalkZone.com. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com big dog and the coach back at your service and now it's been a couple of weeks but we are reunited once again and big dog it feels awfully good i don't want to get too personal but it's great to be back with you once again uh you know what you know, just give us a couple of weeks. We'll be yelling back and forth at each other. Probably less. Probably less. But, uh, you know, it's, it's this is like radio's version of makeup sex. <laughs> if I could use that particular term. By the way, David Olson, real quick before we go out to the uh, phone lines, I was not here for the holiday party last week. Was there a Christmas party, holiday party, and how crazy did Randy Myers get? <laughs> uh, there was a small party, and there crazy was. as can be expected. Really? Is there any videos that we can uh, upcharge onto our YouTube or website? Uh, still working on the video. Still working. Upcharge, up huh, Coach? Yeah. So well, we, we, we have to get the security footage from the restaurant. <laughs> ah, we come can on. It, so. Security's overrated. How about Chris Whitting, our fine general manager, who we see about once every six months? Did uh, the commander-in-chief make an appearance? He did indeed. Really? Was he wearing the lampshade on his head or like last year? Uh, unfortunately, he was wearing a lampshade, but it wasn't on his head. That's what we heard. I, I heard Big Dog. He was wearing a lampshade around the waist, and he was going commando. That's, I'm <laughs> it's not often, but we got Big Dog speechless. All right. Yeah, that, that's some stuff I don't want to Yeah, that's, that is a scary thought. I apologize for that uh, visual. All right, well, let's go out to the phone line. Big dog, we talk college basketball and a little college football. I want to get real quick to the NFL and the Bears-Packers guy. I think the most overrated discussion all week. So much yakety-yak and wasted airtime on should the Bears play their starters or not. I got thoughts on that. But I want to welcome in on line number 14. This is going to shock you, big dog. He is back. It is our good friend, Pigskin Boy, joining us. Pigskin, how are you? I'm doing well, uh, Coach, and Big Dog, how we be? Oh, I, I'd be fine. <laughs> I, it's good, to, good to hear you, Big Skin. Hey, it's good to be here, uh, Joel. I, uh, right before the game, I felt it was necessary to call, and, you know, otherwise I'll take another year. <laughs> well, you know, our morning break radio show uh, dropped off, and I think Pigskin Boy died with it. He didn't realize we were on the Internet, Big Dog, but... I ran into Pigskin Boy and I said, you got to give us a call. I thought, quite frankly, the Pigskin either got incarcerated or had moved out of town, possibly out of the country. But you are, you are, uh, in the continental United States, right, Pigskin? 
I am of the continental United States. I did take a quick detour to the West Coast because I thought you guys had told me that you were moving the morning break to the West Coast. So I stayed in California for a few years, for just a year or so, and I scoured every town radio station, including Modesto, Italia. Nothing. Nothing to be heard, Coach. What happened? Uh, big dog, that's dedication. Got to warm your heart. Yeah, I, yeah I, I thought you had another like horrible bath bathtub fault. <laughs> No, I actually got a better gig, but that's another time for another story. <laughs> very good, very good. Oh, uh, Pigskin, I would argue that the whole shit the Bears play their starters and oh my goodness, to me, that whole discussion on should the Bears play their starters or not ended. This is to me completely ended when the Bears got the buy. If you've got a buy, you don't rest your players. You've already got a week off, basically two weeks. So I thought that it wasted. Discussion. You got to buy. You play your starters. Period. End quote. I I completely and one hundred percent agree with you on that. And and I do say you do take your starters out late in the game. You don't play in the whole game. But not if it's close. Okay. You know what? I understand that too. But yeah, Seth Gruen and I were talking about that yesterday. We talked way too much about it too. I'm going to have to agree with you that. you got to keep these guys timing around. You got to keep them like ready to play football. Absolutely. Pigskin, your thought? Um, I agree. Um, actually, Devin Hester. I was kind of listening to yours and everybody else's thought, and Devin Hester actually kind of stumbled upon the truth. He said, "We don't really want three weeks off," which is true. I mean, yes. you're looking at almost what two and a half weeks off, which is not good at any sport, especially at this time of the year when you've been doing things on a regular basis, scheduling, practicing, for the most part, except for the occasional snow games. I have never seen an indication. I go back to the Denver Broncos under Shanahan, big dog, when he used to consistently take the last two games and always lost in the first round. This is going back a little ways. But I think, and Joel, you know more, and Coach, you would know more about the history because you're a little older than I am. Um, (laughs) But if you look look at the teams that tank two weeks, um, it doesn't go well for them in the first round game. And right. also, the Indianapolis Colts. I, there's plenty of yeah. Yeah, the Colts are, might be an exception, but I no, don't. No, no, I don't. They were always bad. They're always yeah, they always do it, and they lose. So and the Broncos were terrible when they did it. When they when the Broncos were really good, they did it for years. Lost to the Jaguars one year in the first round in their very first year of existence. And I don't think it's a good idea. Also. I mean, if you really want to KO the Packers, you beat them. In order to beat them, you have to play your best. You can knock the Packers out of the playoffs. And there's also a chance you could get a first a first seed. Now, things would have to happen, but all good things happen if you win this game, and questionable things happen if you don't. I agree. I agree. And uh, let me uh, ask you something else here, Pigskin. Uh, it's a two-part question, so good to me. What part of the Bears uh, – we're playing horrible, and all of a sudden against the Jets, actually look like we're playing great. I mean, think about it. all year long. This part, this unit was horrible, and all of a sudden against the Jets, they played their best game of the season. Well, if you look at their defense, uh, uh, big dog, not so good since the Detroit okay. game. Okay, well, Mark Sanchez, but, 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 offense but Pigskin, Pigskin, he was talking about what part of the Bears uh, uh, that has been a weakness finally started to get on a roll, and I think I know what Joel's alluding to. What 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 unit? needs to continue the momentum to improve? Probably offensive line. line. Yeah, offensive line. There it is. Yeah, that, that's the, Those guys need to play. They finally are showing some continuity. 
you need to keep those guys out there the whole entire game so they can keep on playing that way. I, I, I don't want to end that momentum whatsoever. And you're exactly right. They're, the defense needs to start playing a little better. They need to play they better. They need to play better, and they're going to get a real test up there. Mm-hmm. Hold on, we got caller Dave who wants to check in. Yes, Dave. No, I want to. I just want to point out a, a couple of things here. Number one, if the Bears win this game, they sweep their division. Nice, I, huge accomplishment, especially yes. for a coach who was definitely on the bubble at the beginning of the year. He's still I mean, yeah. on the bubble, in my opinion. Well, it, it, yeah, first round knockout. Yeah, he's still on the bubble, but you sweep your division, you go a couple rounds in the playoffs, you're guaranteed an extension. Uh, number two. At the beginning of every season, Lovey Smith says his number one goal is to beat the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Above making the playoffs, above winning the Super Bowl, it's all about beating the Packers. Because that's what kind of keeps you in the grace of the Chicago fans. So I think we're going to see the starters all four quarters, is what I think. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right, David. And, you know, and by the way, I have no problem with that as his objective, because in order to win the Super Bowl, you have to make the playoffs in order to Make the playoffs, the Bears have to beat the Green Bay Packers. So mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with that as, as their first goal. And, and it's a, it's, it's a very real possibility that they'll have to beat the Green Bay Packers twice to make it to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. because, uh, things could, games. things could, exactly things right could align on. where it There's could be the Packers and the Bears in the NFC title game. And I think if that happens, the NFL would be ecstatic about that. Not sure the Bears would be, but especially if they beat him, you know, the old, it's cliche, but it's true. You do not want to have to beat a team three times in a season. So maybe okay. we should lose to the Packers. So when we meet them in the playoffs, we won't have that uh, hurdle to jump over. Well, the other thing to consider, Coach, is now what happens, okay, suppose they do kind of play the regulars. Yep. The Packers beat up on them pretty good. Yep. What, what, what's, what's Monday morning like? What, what are people, you know, not that it matters, but what are people going to say? Um, well, okay, we let them in the playoffs because we didn't, we didn't try to beat the Green Bay Packers. Forget about the Green Bay Packers. We didn't try to eliminate a team that we might have to play in two weeks because we didn't really try that hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what I mean? Think of the day afterwards, and everybody's going to go, and I would be going, well, boy, I would have liked to see if they had really you know, had the regulars to see if, you know, can we beat the Packers? Are we that good? Is the defense improved? None of All that goes out the window if you don't play your regulars. But I will tell you this, as much as I want them to play the regulars, I want them to go vanilla. I don't want them to show, I want them to have the exact same game plan they used in week three in this game. So in case they do have to play them a third time, Mm -hmm. then they can throw in all the wrinkles. Don't do any wrinkles, don't do anything, the exact same game plan from week three. I was thinking the opposite, Big Dog. Because uh, what the heck, if there's ever a game to throw in uh, lots of wrinkles... Lots of trick plays. Make the team you're playing first in the playoff games. Do a lot of extra film study and spend time practice. Throw out some crazy stuff this game. Try some different formations. Make these teams think, who knows if we're going to play Green Bay again. It might be another team. And now they've got a lot more stuff to think about. It's 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 a nothing-to-lose game, so why not try a, try a little wrinkle cream? <laughs> Pigskin, are you like me? Are you worried? Anytime Lovey Smith has two weeks to prepare for a game, are you as worried as I am? No, because I think he's got a better staff around him now. That's true. And I don't know how much he prepares for it so much as his staff. Mm-hmm. I have more confidence in his staff. I don't know how much um, he prepares for him other than just, 
you know, the regular, well, yeah, we're preparing to beat the Packers, mm-hmm. and we're going to beat them in West Texas, and we'll be in the playoffs. Big dog, um, dog no, you, know, you know the Las Vegas, uh, the people who set the odds, they are, they're pretty smart. They know which teams are stronger and which aren't. If they played on a neutral field right now, in a game that mattered, Bears versus Packers, who would be the favorite? Uh, I think the Packers would probably be a three-point favorite. Interesting. So despite the records, Packer, and I, I'm, I'm not sold on this Chicago Bear team yet. It has not captured my imagination like other winning Chicago Bear teams. Despite the records, the Packers might be the stronger team anyways. Maybe. Yes. I'm not worried about it. That's public perception. In real life, I don't think the Packers are better than the Bears. I really don't. They're a 10-point favorite. Who's the 10-point? Green Bay. They're a 10-point favorite. Well, but that's skewed because of the 10 points. 10 points. Interesting. Wow. Interesting. Wow. I have not looked at any spreads. I'm, I'm shocked by that. I would have said seven. Pigskin, I don't know how your uh, stock portfolio is holding up this year, but assuming you had a reasonably good 2010, any chance you will try to make the uh, end of the year a little bit more profitable this Sunday? Uh, no, because I'm really bad at it. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I go. <laughs> I, I I always would take the Bears, and I'd always take Dallas and mm-hmm. Tennessee. So I, I, but ten points is. You know, shows the respect the Bears don't get either that or it's. And you're right about Vegas, coach. They they're usually not wrong, or at least certainly round round it. Mm-hmm. But I I think it has to do with more with the teams that are desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is it home field advantage, but obviously you win, you're in, you lose, you're out. And they did play really really well against what people thought was a pretty good Giant defense last week, huh? Is that big dog eye? The, the, all the mathematical permutations confuse me. If Green Bay wins, irregardless of Philadelphia, New York, are they in? If Green Bay Green Bay controls their own destiny, okay. coach, yes, yes they thoroughly control it. All right, they control their own destiny, coach. They, they, there's a couple of things that can still go um, haywire in the NFL. They can still uh, mm-hmm. in the NF, in the NFC as well as the AFC. Uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. If Atlanta loses, if Bears win, Atlanta could go from the number one seed to on the road as the fifth seed wow. in one game. Wow, that's how far that loss was to New Orleans. They could make that kind of a drop. Big dog emailer Cinemax Cindy, one of your favorite female emailers, wants to know: Do you control your own destiny? And then she puts in parentheses: If not, who does? Uh, well, who knows where I'm going because I don't know where I'm going to end up sleeping. I just hope I know who I'm sleeping next to. But, you know, it, it, it's funny that you say that, uh, Pigskin, and you're exactly right about what could happen with the Atlanta Falcons. And they could be on the road to a 7-9 and team in Seattle because Seattle could yes. end up beating St. Louis, and Seattle wins the division at 7-9, and nine, and Atlanta can go from being 12-2 and two to being all the, at one point to three weeks later – being on the road to a seven and nineteen in Seattle with one yeah. game, you one have to go all week. the way across the country in order to play. And who knows what happens there? The, one the, week, the NFL would not not be happy with that scenario. I would think. No, no. And then I would remind the NFL: this is exactly what you get when you have eight four team divisions. You know, the whole idea of the Bears, as much as I was happy that they won and all that, because. You can't complain about the, the the fact that you know the situation they're in, 
But it was just seemed funny to me. They're all putting on their T-shirts and their hat when they won a four-team division. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean anything. It really doesn't mean anything. And, and no offense, if they had four eight-team divisions, then when you win your division, heck, I'd be out the first one running around the street dancing yeah. naked. Seriously. That's a good point. But, uh, yeah, yeah that's a big yeah. deal. You want a, a four-team division. You should win it every four years. Okay? So. Yeah. Pigskin, uh, we got a one-hour show, so we don't have as much time to visit with you and get into your personal life, darn it. But uh, make sure you uh, don't be a stranger to the show. Now you know where to fall, find us, rather. And uh, now the 2010s coming to a close. We haven't heard your thoughts all year long. Just uh, summing up the Bears season. I know you're a huge Chicago Bear fan. Uh, can you sum up a little bit uh, how the year is going for you? Because since we haven't talked to you the last three months. I think I, I'm, I'm surprised that there are, uh, have only four losses. Two of them were to Seattle and Washington. Um, I'm surprised at the record and how they, they, they clinched the division. I, I thought they'd be okay, but I mean, you know, I was looking at the Vikings and the, and the Packers easily over the Bears to start the season. Uh, once the Vikings had a complete collapse, I'm just kind of, it just kind of struck me. You look at the paper one day and you went, wow, they're 11 and 4 points of division. Mm-hmm. Have a home field advantage for one game. Where did that come from? We, we, but I'm happy. Would you agree with me that this Bear, maybe it's just me, but this Bears winning team has captured less enthusiasm than any other winning Bears team that I can remember in my lifetime? I mean, yeah, we're surprised, but the Bear fans are surprised, but are they excited? Well, I we talked about this before. I disagree with you somewhat. I, I don't think they're any less excited than they were the last time they were had a really good team. I just okay. think the expectations were so low that people are just kind of stunned. And if you look at the great games they played this year, I, I disagree. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, big big wins. I thought beating the Jets was a terrific win. Okay, maybe it's yeah, just that dumb. game was phenomenal. That was that's a, that was one of those classic Chicago Bear victories. That game was great. All right. Hey, Pigskin. Well, last thing I want to say, yes, Joel, you'll appreciate this, and, and Coach, is, of course, Pigskin's second most favorite team is playing tonight, and that would be? The Tennessee Volunteers against the North Carolina Tar Heels. <laughs> Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top, hey, Tennessee. Rocky Tennessee. Before we let you go, seriously, how happy are you that Lane Kiffin left your program? Who? Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Uh, he is a name that we do not speak. Uh, yeah, just uh, like legitimately, I, 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 I do not like Bruce Pearl. I do not li- like Bruce Pearl. But uh, uh, I, I love the fact that Bruce Pearl, when he's when the, all the problems he's been in, all he said was, "Man, I wish Lane Kiffin was here so he could take some stupidity." I forget the exact line, but I wish Lane Kiffin was here to do something stupid to take the spotlight off of me. I thought that was a great line. One of the best lines he could have said. <laughs> I wish Bruce Pearl was Wayne Kiffin's offensive assistant in Southern California. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it. You still don't have your uh, picture of Bruce Pearl and his cheerleaders out there at a women's basketball game. No, me and Jimmy Collins talk once in a while, Coach, you know. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, Pigskin, great to catch up with you. I know our fans out there are thrilled that you're still alive and still existing. And uh, make sure you check back in, and Happy New Year to you, okay? I sure will, and I want you guys to have a great New Year. And, Coach, it was great to hear from you, and I will check in. Beautiful. Thank you, Pigskin. There it is, Big Dog Pigskin Boy hey. checking it. How about that? A caller from mm-hmm. days gone by. It was good to hear from him. Good it, to hear it was. And he, it was is, good to hear he, from him. he is as close to you. As beloved a Bears fan, I didn't hear you weigh in. Are you 
Do you think there are the people fans are less enthused this year? Maybe it's just me, but I just I just don't yeah, feel it, like it's you. It's you because trust me, I know. As soon as noon rolls around, uh-huh. my phone, my my telly, my telly blows up with people just being like, "Were you were you watching game? Watching the game?" So no, no. I so you, you think there's disagree with you. general giddiness, water cooler conversation, fans excited about the? I mean, an eleven and four record—that's impressive. And I just, I, I just not feeling it. I, I, I don't think anybody really knows how good these guys are. I, I mean, we, I we, agree with you. Dave. We, we, we've totally seen flashes of brilliance and flashes of dominance in this team, but nothing consistent. You know, it's like it's it. As good as their record is, they, they've been frustrating to watch all year. They really have been. So, I mean, you've got moments. You got moments like the Eagles game, the second half of the Jets game. Uh, you know, De- Devin Hester all year. You know, at least on uh, on returns, he's back to his old self. But you know, it's uh, I, I, for me personally. Yeah, yeah, they're eleven and four, but they're 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 not an eleven and four team. You so know, if it was a stock, you're not you're not investing. No, just no, yet. no, 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 no. Interesting. Interesting, but. but- you know what? There's a lot of people that uh, I, I know are just like you, Coach, where that, those three hours, three and a half hours you get to watch the Chicago Bears every Sunday are real important to those people. Yep. It was like, it's like that one time during the week that they just get to focus on nothing but the Bears. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Dave, you're right about the whole, like, how good are they and all that we really don't know. But these people are just happy with the results that they're getting. You know what I mean? And they're excited. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, Agree with David on the fact that, you know what, we really don't know how good they are. And, and you're kind of in that, like, hey, I don't want to buy fool's gold. But then again, Coach, there's also the people that are just happy with what's happened so far. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going to disagree with you. And, and they, they have got a legitimate chance of making the Super Bowl again. Yeah. And it, it, all, it all depends on how the seedings fall, but um, there is no other team in the NFC playoffs that's better equipped to take out the Atlanta Falcons than the Bears. I, 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 would, I would take the Bears in a heartbeat over the Falcons. I, I agree with you on that one. I, I would Absolutely. not. I would not. Well, no, no, the Bears have excelled all season mm-hmm. against teams when you have to take out that one cog and it disrupts the entire team. Yeah, but the Atlanta Falcons are not a team that just has one cog. Well, you, 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 take, you take Michael Turner out of the game and you no, can beat him. I disagree with that. No, no, it's, the coach, they are a power-running team, and Matt Ryan just is – I hate to, you know, I know he's a great quarterback. He's Matty Ice. But all year long, they've been, just don't make a mistake, Matt Ryan, and we'll run the ball to death on people. So uh, I, I, I'm going to have to do that. As much as I like the way the old style, way they play, mm-hmm. the, the Bears are the one team that will beat the Falcons in the playoffs. All right. Very quickly, uh, he's been hanging on patiently. We appreciate the hang time. Two guys at a mic show, TalkZone.com, our final show, 2010. Tomorrow we'll be playing a uh, replay of an old show. You can get those archives, by the way, anytime at our website, twoguysmike.com. But uh, real quick, let's go out to the phone lines and check in. Line number 19, we've got about a minute for him. It's caller Jim checking in. Jim, how are you? And a happy new year to you and yours. And please keep your hands off mine. Yes, Coach. Uh, Happy New Year to you guys, too. It's great to hear you back. <laughs> How and, are you, Jimmy? Uh, Say hi to the big dog. I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to offer a little explanation as to what I think is going on with the Bears this year. Okay. Uh, you know, why the enthusiasm you don't think is there. Beginning of the season, some people, like Joel and I, were really up on the Bears going to have a good year, and a bunch of other people were like, the Bears are going to go 6-10, and 7-9. and nine. 
Then we watch the season unfold. We get to the five and three point, and we're talking on the show, and uh, we're all thinking they got to go five and three in the second half, and really none of us saw it happening. Yep. And Joel agreed with me, and we didn't see it happening. That's what it was going to take to take the division. But, you know, you take one game at a time. And here they go, here they go, here they go. And they're winning. They needed to go five and three, then it was four and three, then it was three and three. You know, it just kept working its way down. And the national guys still are giving the Bears no respect. Mm-hmm. At least the local guys are now. Um, I, I agree I think, with the national guys, by the way. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, I think the I, Bears are going to have to actually win the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in order to get respect and from the national guys. Period. I think if they if they get to this, if they win a couple of playoff games, I think then they'll get the respect. But I happen to agree with the national guys right now. You know, it'd be easy to say, "Oh, eleven and four, You know, I'm sold on the Bears, but. You know what? Part of being an analyst is you have to analyze. And if I were analyzing right now as a national analyst, I'm not sold on the Chicago Bears. Okay, what are the weaknesses right now for the Bears, Coach? Well, the biggest weakness is the inconsistency. I don't trust Jay Cutler. He will throw interceptions. That's, that's the biggest weakness to me. Well, he looks pretty good with a, with pass protection last week, didn't he? He did. That's, that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the last since the last eight weeks, the Bears are seven and one, and no team in football has ran the ball more mm-hmm. often than the Chicago Bears during that time. Running and game and Matt sudden, Forte looks very, very solid. The defense uh, still a little bit shaky, I would have to say. But it, to me, it all comes down to Jay Cutler, and quite frankly, I think that's the main reason why I'm not excited about this team. Is, is it starts with the leader, the guy who's the head, the marquee guy, Jay the Cutler. Last eight is, weeks of the season, the only, only Tom Brady. And Matt Castle are playing better than Jay Cutler. The last well, I would. That's statistically, I would disagree with you on that. They're seven and one. They're seven and one mm-hmm. during that time, coach. All right, we got to wrap it up. Hey, we thank caller Jim. We sorry we had to call him, uh, cut him short. Big dog, uh, a happy New Year to you, my friend. I hope 2011 is bigger and brighter, and I'm sure it will be for you. Uh, hopefully, it's it's it, uh, what do you call it? Work. That's all I care about. 2011 is so I want to work 80 hours a week. Not looking for a handout. He's willing to work. Have a great New Year, everybody. We're signing off. We'll be back on Monday, 2011. Two guys at a mic, talkzone.com. Bye-bye.